Open up that crystal Pepsi and get comfortable. This is Dope Nostalgia. Welcome to another edition of Dope Nostalgia. I'm your host, Naomi. My special guest today, Rashad Cat Daddy Holiday, was a member of a group called Something for the People, founded in 1990. I'm going to tell you a little bit more information about them and how big his career has been, how many musicians he's worked with. It's an honor to have Rashad on the show today. Here's a little background information on Something for the People. Wikipedia Moment. Please bear in mind that Wikipedia is not to be taken as actual 100% fact. Any donkey could edit it at any time. If I'm reading you the artist's bio, that stuff is real truth. Something for the People was a contemporary R&B group from Oakland, California, who scored several hits in the U.S. in the late 1990s. They were best known for their 1997 hit single, My Love is a Shh. Yeah, featuring Trina and Tamra. The group was founded in 1990 by Curtis Sauce Wilson and Jeff Fuzzy Young, both from Oakland, California, along with Los Angeles native Rashad Cat Daddy Holiday. The group recorded demos and shopped them around Los Angeles and signed with Capitol Records, who released their debut in 1993. The song Take It Easy, which was first written for SWV, was covered by R&B singer Joyce Rice 20 years later. As songwriters, they wrote tunes for Samuel, En Vogue, Brandy, and UNV. Switching to Warner Brothers Records, they re-released their debut album in 1996. Their second album, This Time It's Personal, spawned a major hit in the U.S. and Canada, the platinum-selling My Love Is The Shh which reached number four in the U.S. and number seven in Canada. And the group did further work as songwriters in the wake of the tune's success, penning tracks for Will Smith and Adina Howard. A third LP, Issues, followed in July 2000. Unfortunately, we lost band member Jeff Fuzzy Young in 2011 from an apparent heart attack. Our special guest today, Rashad. Rashad Holiday. After graduating with a degree in journalism, he pursued a career in music. He's had an incredible journey having worked for a record company, MCA Records, produced and written songs for Grammy award-winning artists Will Smith, Neo, and Drake. He was also a member of the R&B group Something for the People. Now I'm just reading straight out of his bio. <laughs> he currently has a music library that he licenses to television and film projects. And he's composed the music for the NAACP Image Awards since 2013. He's had a compelling 30-plus year career in the music business, and he's here today on Dope Nostalgia to share about his music. Welcome to Dope Nostalgia, Rashad Holiday. I love that mic. That is my <laughs> microphone. Your SM7B. That's the one, and That's it's so good one. for it's so good for singing vocals as well. Like I just yeah, it really is, and mm -hmm. it is. It's a a great mic, just like durable. Does a bunch of things. 
<laughs> Very durable. <laughs> Sweet. Well, welcome to my podcast. It's called Dope Nostalgia. And we talked with artists who had huge hits back in the day as well as finding out what they're doing now. So okay. welcome once again, Rashad Holiday. Where are you based out of nowadays? I'm in California. I'm in L.A. Actually, uh, Santa Monica, to be more specific. Wonderful. Uh, I'm a beach guy. Oh, <laughs> isn't that great? Like, I'm landlocked, so I'm so, so happy when I see a beach. I get it. Right. Um, Understandable. <laughs> who were your musical heroes growing up? Prince. Mm -hmm. um, I was a huge fan of, like, the whole Minneapolis sound. I mean, that, I think that drove me into even pursue music. I went to a Prince concert in 82, 83. Mm -hmm. And I, I left that concert knowing that one day I will do music. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but I, I do want to do music. And yeah, had a profound influence on me. He, him, Terry Jam, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, mm. um, the time. And then probably like mid mid eighties hip hop started to have an influence on me as well. So um I guess I'm a combination of the two, hip hop and Prince and and all that. So yeah. That makes for a really exciting um mix. I mean, New Jack Swing was big. I loved I loved every minute of that. I think that's kind of what those elements were right there. Yeah. That, funk. Like literally when I was getting into it, New Jack Swing was pretty pretty much the the sound mm -hmm. so as i was learning how to produce music and write and all that stuff i was mimicking new jack swing mm. yeah the nickname cat daddy where did that come about <laughs> well it's funny because in something for the people we had sauce and we mm -hmm. had fuzzy and i didn't want to go by my regular name because they were going by their nicknames so <laughs> Um, some friends of mine, old friends of mine, they used to call me Cat Daddy. So that I just took the name and used it in some of the Puerto people. So love and it. Some people still call me Cat Daddy, and I get phone calls, Cat. <laughs> How did you all find each other and start making music together? We met through a mutual friend. Um, uh, his name is Augie Johnson. Augie, cat. sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Cat. Yeah, she she likes to photo bomb. Yep. Okay. Okay, sorry, yeah, continue. Augie, <laughs> Augie was in a group in a in a group in the 70s called Side Effect. Mm. And he was working with me and he was working with Sauce and Fuzzy. And mm. he suggested that we start working together. And we met and he was right. He he uh he called it. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and you guys did all the writing and production all together? Yeah. We were a trio. We um we wrote and produced um, together all the time. I mean, that's how we started. We were writers and producers before we were a group, per se, mm -hmm. because um, our writing and production started. It happened before the group. We were a group because it was something that we, that we you know, they were already a group when they brought me in. Mm -hmm. And we started just writing and producing stuff for like local artists. Mm -hmm. And we got our break first in the production side of things. We worked, we did a remix for In Vogue and Ooh. we worked with Brandy. We did brand four songs on Brandy's first album. Yeah, I noticed the credits of your songwriting for others. Um now is, is it just production or did you do writing with them as well? Yeah, yeah, we wrote Fuzzy was primarily the the lyricist 
um, melody person, and me and Sauce did the the tracks per se. So, and then it just was a cohesive thing between the three of us. Of all the songs you've written with others or for others, which is one you're most proud of? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, probably one of, <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite was um, Dedicate for Brandy mm. because that just kind of organically happened in the studio. And that was rare that that happened at that time. We would always have a song that we had already written before mm. we moved to the studio. And so I was literally sitting at the piano and I was playing chords in the studio and Fuzzy and Brandy were started just kind of singing to what I was playing. And originally it was going to be a full song and they ended up using it as an interlude and they just, I chopped it up into three different interludes on oh, the wow. album. But yeah, I, I guess that's one that stands out because it just happened in the mm -hmm. studio. Yeah. Now with the hit track, My Love Is The Shh. Now mm -hmm. you got the artists Trina and Samara on the track. How did yeah. the collaboration happen? We had been working with um, Trina and Tamara probably, I don't know, a couple of years at the time. And we we would always write with them. They were, uh, In fact, Tamara is singing backgrounds on Brandy's album. Oh, and wow. I don't know if you knew, their, their sister's, uh, their brother is Jesse Powell. Okay. The artist from the 90s. So mm -hmm. they were fresh from Indiana. And we were probably one of the first producers, songwriters that they had met. And so we worked with them regularly for a few years. And on that song, on My Love is a Shh, we, um, Fuzzy had an idea, he had a concept for a song about bragging about their love is the, mm -hmm. he said, I need to have a female's perspective. Like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll start with the female and then we come back as the male. And so it was just something that he had, he had the concept of the whole thing. I, I give him total credit. And mm -hmm. Tamara came in and wrote the the second verse on it and then we featured both of them on the song only because we had been working with them forever and it was a segue into their careers as artists that was fantastic and it did so well for you guys as well it um, did i i didn't see it coming i mean um i remember it had a buzz before it was was out hmm. and then we were kind of just normally doing the the go out and and uh and do promo tours and all that stuff. And in the process of doing a promo tour, um, it just started getting legs. We didn't, you don't know when you're on the road. I mean, you just kind of go do, you show up where you're supposed to show up, perform where you're supposed to perform and keep on going. Mm -hmm. And we got back, I remember we got back to LA and we were in the offices at Warner Brothers. And I'm like, this record is top 10. It's like, whoa, what? Okay. Okay. So we started paying attention at that point and it just, had wings and took off. That's incredible. Yeah.
I was listening and watching some of the videos there, and I really wanted to give some uh, focus on the song Bitch With No Man because uh-huh. I love those lyrics. <laughs> it's so smart when you think about it. For, for yeah. the listeners who don't know about it, basically it's explaining, like, don't be taking advice from your best girlfriend <laughs> about yeah. your relationship when she's single. So she, what does she know? <laughs> she has, she has, her advice isn't going to be good. She's single. <laughs> You're going to end up with no man just like her. <laughs> I'm definitely going to share a clip of that song too, as well in, in this episode. So yeah, I, I just loved awesome. it. It's yeah, smart. That- that was another fuzzy concept. Mm-hmm. And and he heard the phrase from uh, a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. And and we actually we saw the comedian and, and we told him we got we got the concept for the song for you. I can't remember the comedian's name at the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was totally, totally uh, credited with the whole concept for the song. And yeah. it, it was just another one. I think the I don't think publicly, I don't even think radio was was ready for the title. <laughs> but I think there were some radio was a little reluctant to bitch. So we had we had a version with girl, but we probably should have used chick because it's a little closer to bitch. That word. <laughs> yeah. How's a chick with no man? So <laughs> um, but you know, what when, when you're in the moment and you're creating, I mean, I, I always I mean, personally, I like bitch. Mm-hmm. I thought it was was an emphasis on, you know, yes, <laughs> on, on who on who the woman actually was. The woman who's not minding her own business. Yes, totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> what was your favorite music video to make? Do you like making music videos? Was it fun yeah. or is it? I I did. I definitely like making music videos. Mm-hmm. Um, my love was fun. That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh. Bitch with no man was fun too. Um, I I think from a group perspective, I think we have finally kind of found our our uh, uh, we kind of got some swag. I think on on video. I think we just kind of really fell into who we were as mm-hmm. artists. I mean, for a long time when we first started, we were literally producers making an album. Mm-hmm. So we we weren't thinking like group. So when we when you, by the time we got into my levels of shit, we we were um I don't know if you know the title of the album is called This Time Is Personal, mm-hmm. because prior to that we had an album to come out and it did do well. So with the second album was personal. I mean it, it, we really dove into our artist our artistry. Mm-hmm. So that you know we got we got success with it. So it. it I say that to to tell producers who are kind of. I have my dog. He's all over me right now. I think he's hungry or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, you doing an interview, buddy? Can I do my <laughs> interview? <laughs> um, so, yeah, when you when you're an artist, you have to really commit to being an artist. Um, you can't just moonlight as an artist because you know moonlighting as an artist, you're kind of cheating your fans and. And you're not really committed to doing it. When you when you're when you're really an artist in in terms of creating a project, you get a feel for what's going to work in terms of performing it in front of mm-hmm. a crowd and getting a reaction out of it. If you're just kind of doing songs and you're just vibing them in the studio, you don't really get a feel for what's going to translate live and 
in a performance. But when you're when you're in artist mode, you definitely get that feel. Mm. You you probably get that feeling. You also like you you have an identity that everybody can gravitate towards because they and it helps them to understand you and what your music is about. Totally, totally. Yeah. I we definitely had a performance uh, thing to what when we would perform, we always tried to make the audience like we were big in audience participation mm. and stuff. So when we did songs. We really tried to get the audience in to participate in what we were doing. So, and like on My Love is a Shit, we would, we would, uh, the part was don't stop, get it, get it. Mm. Don't stop, get it. So we would actually go into like uh, Luke, Luke Skywalker. They had, they had something where they were going, don't stop, get it, get it, then it, then it, then it, then it. It was real fast though, but mm -hmm. we would do it in our, in our way. And we actually had on the next, album we had Luke featured on a song um I can't even remember the name of the song right now it's on our last album Issues but yeah, yeah we went down to Miami and we re recorded it with Luke and and he was he was a gracious host he was um shooting a movie and we actually were in a scene in the movie at, at the time we just we were down there we recorded with him and he ended up being on this movie that he was doing really yeah I can't remember what the name of the movie is either, but if you look it up, Luther Campbell did a, did a movie. Luther <laughs> Campbell? people's in a scene. <laughs> okay. Uh, are there any collaborations you'd like to make that you haven't made? Oh, um, let me see. What collaboration? Now, you know, it's funny because you just have a new, uh, and that's a plethora of new artists. Mm -hmm. Um, who I think that I would love to, or probably somebody like Janae Aiko, for yeah. me personally. Um, somebody who we haven't worked with in the past, Mary J. Blige. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah. What was one one of your most memorable performances? Whether it be a television performance or an award show or uh or just simply on tour what was something that stands out in your memory on tour there was a couple of there was a couple of times um we did a show in san jose california and it was in an arena mm -hmm. and um uh it was i, I had no idea the arena probably held maybe twenty thousand people and it was pretty much twenty thousand people in there and I remember when the lights went off and they announced something for the people. It was a big show. It was like a lot of artists on it, probably 10 or plus, 10 or more. Yeah. And when the lights went off and they announced something for, for the people, I could just, the, the response, ah, oh my <laughs> gosh, that was like, I had chills. I had chills. That was like one of the first ones. And we did, we did a great show. I remember we were um, in an elevator going up to, to uh to the stage and we and on the elevator usher and jermaine dupree were on the elevator and and we were on the elevator mm -hmm. and at the time um usher and with uh he had we were battling for the number one spot on, oh. on radio so i remember oh, wow. we joking we said come on man get out the way get out the way you make me want it was his single my love is a <laughs> shit they were just going head to head 
like mm. back and forth. And we, we, and we were like, man, get out the way, make a little room for us. Spread the love. He, he was number one. We were number two. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so he has a, we go he had a good sense of humor. Yeah, great sense of humor. <laughs> we we actually met him before because we had the same stylist. And he was um he was at the stylist getting fitted for some clothing. And we were there getting fitted and and we met and it was just a real cool, he was always real cool, friendly, mm-hmm. the whole nine. He's still around doing it. That's amazing thing he's about to do the super bowl about to do the super bowl he's the real deal he's the truth yeah Nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So, please, join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. Hello, this is erotica, romance author, podcaster, sex blogger, Ruin Willow. Oh, yeah. With Ruin Willow Podcast. And on my podcast, I talk about all things related to sex, sexuality, sexual health, erotica. I want to help you enjoy your life and have better sex using the tools of erotica, erotic audio, and interviews talking with sexuality experts in the field of sexual health, sexuality, and sexual wellness. Come listen to my podcast. I have a wide range of topics and fiction erotica storytelling. Hit it, dude! Go to party, won't you come along? Full house is rocking all week long. The guys are acting crazy, the girls so sweet. 
premieres September 23rd at 6 on Channel 11. Who are some of your uh, heroes that you gotten to meet in, during all of this? I did, I did meet Prince. Really? I did meet Prince. I went to I went to a party at Prince's house. This is <gasps> uh, my friend, a good friend of mine, Otis Wilson, mm -hmm. uh, who worked for Prince. He called me up on a Saturday night. I, I was pretty much done. I was, it was probably like one thirty in the morning. I was at home. And he was like, what are you doing? I said, nothing. I'm about to go to bed. He's like, get up. Prince is having a party. I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. I got to gotta get up for that. So <laughs> it was after an award show. And me and Fuzzy and another friend of ours went to the house. It was a, The address was 3121. He had an album called 3121. Mm, and he was written a, a house up in Be Bel Air in oh. the hills in California. So we get there. And as soon as you walk in through the front door, there was a band in the living room playing. And it was like a who's who band. Like it was like uh, some serious players in the band playing in the band. So I uh, I immediately, I was like, let me go in here. I'm going to get a, there was a couch right in front of the band. And there was just a, a few people sitting on the couch. So I go in there and I sit down on the couch and I'm just, I'm in heaven. I'm, Prince is not playing with the band yet, but you see his guitar on a guitar stand. So I'm sitting there just kind of waiting. I was like, I'm just going to take all of this in. Mm. And probably about three or four songs in, um, girl, I'm sitting next to a girl. She's sitting next to a girl. And there's a guy on the end of the couch, on the other end of the couch. And she taps me on my leg. And she's like, the band is really good, right? And I was like, well, great. And I look at her and I was like, oh, man, it was Selma Hayek. <laughs> and, I, and then I was like, let me see who else is on the couch. <laughs> and it was Penelope Cruz on the other side of her. And then Matthew McConaughey was the guy sitting on the end. So I was like, wait a second. This is like a who's who party. Let me walk around a little bit. So walk around in the Irie, um, Justin Timberlake. It was just like all these celebs, superstars in this party. And Prince would come in and he would jam with the band for a little bit and then he would leave and go mingle and mm -hmm. jam with the band and the whole nine. And I was going to leave. It was about 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> and as I'm leaving, in walks Stevie Wonder. No. Yes. I go back to my spot on the couch and I get and I watch Stevie and, and, uh, and Prince and the band jam for another hour and a half. What a night owl too to walk oh, in at like man. five in the morning. <laughs> right. So yeah. So that that was like a great print story this year. I was like, I got a concert. And I was like arms length away from everybody. It was awesome. That's an insanely good story. <laughs> yes. And Prince and Stevie are probably my two biggest influences musically. Those are my my uh superheroes. No kidding. Yes. <laughs> Prince and Stevie. So. I'm so glad you had that experience. I can't top that. that. That's it. That was the one that, that I can't top. <laughs> now I'm like, where do I go from that? That's insanely oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's one of the favorite recording studios you've ever worked in? We worked um, Larrabee Studios in North Hollywood. Probably mm -hmm. one of the studios that we worked at most. Um. Um, Westlake is one that we've been to. I've been there, we've been there recently. 
-hmm. working with uh, Neo. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Neo's, we kind of were responsible for him getting his deal. Mm. And been working with him probably since 20 years now, like 03 or something like that. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, you look like you're about to say something. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about a song. Um, it's funny because Neo's had many, many hits, but the song I actually learned about Neo from was that song Single that he did with on his own album as well as with New Kids on the Block 15 years ago. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible songwriter. Yeah. One of the one of the best songwriters I've ever had the opportunity to work with. For mm -hmm. sure. You know, it's funny when that song came out too, it came out before a song called Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Uh -huh. but it kind of has that chord progression in the verses and the, the yeah. melody is similar. So single was first. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then and then Coldplay came out with something so similar. We all borrow from each other. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As Quincy Jones says, man, there's only there's only 12 notes that you gotta work with. There's only 12 notes. <laughs> exactly. Did you get involved with using the internet when it was in its early stages in the 90s? Or was that something that you were like I, reluctant about? Probably the only thing that I did with the internet in the 90s was AOL. Yeah. Dial <laughs> I didn't, yeah. it was like, it was so new to us. We were just loving the fact that you could email somebody and that was, mm. we didn't take advantage of like the world was going to go musically and all that, but being able to email somebody, that was huge. But mm -hmm. we, it was prior pre being able to send files and all that stuff. So everything was dial up super slow speed. <laughs> <laughs> Too much effort to send files that way, for sure. Oh, totally, totally. Are you still in touch with Curtis? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, yeah. Um, we still work together from time to time. He lives in Vegas now. Yeah. Yeah. He still works with Neo. Um, he's pretty much like his vocal producer, engineer. He records basically everything he does. Mm. Um, me and him worked on a plug-in for Native Instruments. Um, we've done two of them. We, it's one's called Glaze and the other one's called Duets. And they're vocal plugins, like a vocal instrument plugin. And they've done well. We're doing in the process of doing a third one. Oh, excellent! Right now. So it's uh. We're still both doing music and music-related stuff. I I got to a place to where I I wanted to um I treat music like a portfolio mm -hmm. of stock. So it's like put a little bit on television and film, a little bit on artists, popular stuff, um, developing plugins. So it's just a whole a whole lot of things that we're doing musically, not just Mm -hmm. quote unquote writer producers but it's fun to be able to dabble in all things you know just yeah like, and it keeps keeps you excited about new new uh concepts things like yes. that totally it's like you you have to diversify your portfolio <laughs> that's it <laughs> and i understand that you're uh yogi and you are a huge golfer as well yes. as a pub you do many public speaking engagements absolutely Absolutely. I share a lot of my personal experiences and hopes so that it can help somebody else pursue their dreams or accomplish their dreams or anything that they want to do mm -hmm. in life. I, I started meditating 
consistently about almost about, about 20 years ago, roughly 20 years ago, maybe 05, maybe not quite 20 years ago, ago but started meditating. And for me, I just realized like life is a balance, mm-hmm. having having balance, like successful life. I mean, and, and we're comprised of mind, body, and spirit. So I try to give of myself in those areas in a balanced way on a daily basis. So I stimulate my mind, I exercise my body, and do I fulfill my spirit in whatever kind of way? And once I'm, if I'm doing all those, I'm happy and I'm living good. I really feel all that positive energy from you too. I really, That's awesome. yeah, I can really feel it, and it's it's it makes me happy. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> well, it makes me happy that you feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever started your own podcast or considered it? I did. I did a couple um, a few years ago. Um, me and a friend of mine, Andre had a podcast we did a few episodes called breaking down the business and it was talking about the music business and kind of breaking down different aspects of the business um it was uh it was fun Mm -hmm. and i enjoyed it but i i think i had so many other things going on at the same time it didn't it wasn't prioritized in the place that it needed to be Mm -hmm. but at some point i may i may venture back into it we'll see is it still out there to listen to? Yes, I believe it is. Breaking down the business. Good. We'll check it out. Yes. yes. <laughs> what goals What goals lie ahead for you? What uh, projects do you have coming up that you'd like to share? I um I took a gig with a company called JBR, and it's uh it's like a it's a label slash entertainment company. Um, Eric Benet. Mm is president and Allison Ball is the CEO of the company and we're doing a, a album project with Eric as a duets record where he's doing duets with a bunch of different female artists new and old mm. so that's coming we have a new artist coming out her name is Maxine Ashley she has uh-huh. a single coming out October 13th and uh Sauce produced the first single on it and it's called Somebody Else so I'm the general manager of that situation. So I uh we get we have Zoom calls a couple times a week and strategize and plan and the whole nine. I just got through so I'm doing that. I just got through scoring a documentary for Apple TV. Mm. Um the name of the documentary is number one on the call sheet. Oh. And it is they interviewed all the leading black men in Hollywood. Some serious heavyweights, Denzel, mm-hmm. um, Morgan Freeman, The Rock, Kevin Hart, Will Smith, Jamie Foxx. Like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty stellar. And I was so glad to be a, a part of it. The producers of it are um, Reggie Hudlin and Byron Phillips. And I've had a long, re- long relationship working with them. Me and Byron, Byron used to manage something for the people. So we go back 30 plus years. No way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And him and Reggie have been producing a lot of television stuff. So the Image Awards is something that I've been doing with them for 10 years. Mm. So I do the music for the Image Awards. And yeah. I've done the Emmys and some other stuff. So I've, I've really ventured out outside of just what Something for the People does. But yeah, no kidding. I'm, about it. I'm like, I have done a few things, haven't I? <laughs> 
Yeah, those are huge projects. Congratulations yes. on your success with that. Thank you. Especially Thank with you. the awards. NAACP, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I don't know, this year is going to be kind of interesting with the strike going on. I don't know if they'll still do them or they go, they may be pushed back when they get out of the strike. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to affect all facets of entertainment, not just the television and, and movie industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm surprised we were able to finish um, the documentary. We were in post as it as uh, the strike started, so mm -hmm. uh, able to get through that with no problems, with no snags. Well, well to wrap things up, I always want to ask people about what their favorite things were back in the day. Food, fashion trend, clothing item, toy. What makes you nostalgic for the 90s? For the 90s? Yeah. Oh, man. I, for me, okay, if we go, if we talk music, super influenced by the 90s. Um, how can I, how can I put it? How can I put it best? The... 90s was probably the best blend of hip-hop and R&B mm. at the time. I mean, I think that hip-hop influenced R&B a lot in the 90s. We were huge Tribe Called Quest fans, so we were using elements of, of hip-hop production and what we were doing with R&B. Mm. So that was huge in, in terms of music. Food, oh, oh, I, I love seafood, so... Mm. Um, Food in the 90s, seafood was, I still love seafood. <laughs> <laughs> I, Once I again, I'm landlocked, so I like to get to the coast and have some of that seafood when I can. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I remember talking to Dr. Dre back in, well, this was probably in the early 2000s. And he mm -hmm. said, if, if, it, if it doesn't fly or swim, I don't eat it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'll never forget that. Um, nice. <laughs> I I think what's really cool about the '90s that that I'm starting to hear a lot of. There's a lot of music from the '90s that's being sampled in music today, and I I love that. I I love the fact that um that they're using what we created and what they're using now, and I have no problem, no qualms with it. We actually just got a call to get a clearance on something a song that we did on adina howard or oh, yeah? uh, brent, brent fires sampled it and then and needed to get a clearance and we were they reached out me and sauce with that yes yes yeah. of course <laughs> it's like no greater compliment you know yeah 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 totally I'm so happy that you took the time to speak today and be on the show. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for reaching out. I appreciate it. Anytime. Social media. Yeah, we've got it. Send us an email. Dope Nostalgia Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope. Or on Insta, Dope underscore Nostalgia. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.